Would you open God's precious holy word to 2 Chronicles 31? It's another passage of which there is no parallel in 2 Kings, so we won't worry about 2 Well, I don't worry about it anyway, but we won't be in 2 Kings tonight to see what the parallel account is. 30 and 31 go together. So chapter 31 is just a continuation of what we've already seen. Hezekiah continues in his uh, reformation. And next on the list, the agenda, will be the destruction of the idols that had been built. Even in the capital city of Judah. So let's look at that beginning in verse 1. When they completed all this, the things we looked at last time, all the Israelites who were present went out to the cities of Judah. Now these are the ones who came from what had been the northern kingdom. They smashed the monuments and cut down the Ashidim, demolished the high places and the altars from uh, all of Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh until they had completely destroyed them. All the sons of Israel returned each man to his inheritance, to their cities. So they have been called back into a revival, if you will, of their cult, their, 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 their worship. What God had separated them for many, many years earlier. So look at this verse 1. All the Israelites who were there. Now the only ones who were there who came down in to join the ones from Judah who were, had come to, the, uh, to what Hezekiah had called them to earlier, we saw last time, were the ones who were really serious about this. You may recall in the last passage, there were some among Israel who mocked them and laughed at them for what they were trying to do, for what Hezekiah was doing. What initiates the success of this and then what continues on in the time of Hezekiah is the fact that Hezekiah himself assumes the leadership and the responsibility of seeing to it that the evil thing was put away and the worship of Yahweh, which had been ignored and rejected by the people of Judah, was restored into the culture and life of uh, all of the Israelites, including those, what there were of the northern kingdom who came and joined in uh, in this effort. So they were there. And look at these really harsh words. They smashed monuments, cut down Asherim, Demolished the high places, altars from all of Judah and Benjamin, Ephraim, Manasseh, completely destroyed them. And then those who were the sons of Israel returned, went back to their home, to their cities, to their inheritance. But the, the reformation is in full swing, the revival is in full swing here. And we go on to verse 2. Hezekiah stationed the divisions of the priests 
And the Levites in their divisions, each man according to his service, for the priests and for the Levites, for burnt offerings, peace offerings, to minister and to thank and praise in the gates of the camps of Yahweh. Okay, this, this uh, organized effort of the priesthood had, 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 had lay dormant. It just wasn't used for all those years when Hezekiah's father was the king. So he locked up, he closed the doors and locked up the temple and not only permitted, but really encouraged the building of these idols in the southern kingdom, in and around even the very place where the temple of Yahweh was. What an insult, what a horrible thing uh, for especially the southern kingdom where the son of David sat on the throne, where the temple had been constructed, where God's people came for the true worship of, of Yahweh. That was one problem that the northern kingdom had. They, they tried to imitate that, but the only way that the majority of people would, would accept it and, and, even, and even attend was for there to be a mixture of the, of the worship of other gods along with whatever they tried to present as a worship to Yahweh. And they had a, a place that was not the temple. They just, you know, they, they rejected coming back to the place where God had commanded uh, the worship would be. Uh, the Levites and the sons of Aaron, they had appointed uh, tasks in the Torah, in the law, and it couldn't be any other way. There wasn't, there wasn't an addendum to it. There, there wasn't, you know, uh, an amendment <laughs> to the law of Moses. It just wasn't that way. So that being non-existent for a while, the, you know, the Levites and the priests uh, didn't do. We saw last time how they were being regathered. And you sort of got the feeling reading that passage of scripture that they were having to, that they were rusty on what they were doing. They had to sort of uh, re-educate themselves uh, in doing what they had to do. Now here, Hezekiah stations the divisions of the priest. Okay, so you have a, a large amount of people. Now this burnt offering, for example, this was a thing that was morning by morning, night by night, week by week, month by month, and during the festivals. This and you know individuals would bring their burnt offerings, and this is sort of an ongoing thing. Obviously, the, the people were always presenting themselves to Yahweh through a burnt offering. That they they have nothing hidden from Yahweh. This is their lives, and they lay down their lives and present themselves as a sacrifice, illustrated by the sacrifice that is flayed and and cut and the entrails are, it, it, they turned the sacrifice inside out, signifying that there was no part of the worshiper that would be withheld from Yahweh. This was a burnt offering. This was like dedication to service. It was an ongoing thing. So if you could imagine the thousands and thousands of worshipers, how, how, how many of the priesthood, you know, this was a, a, a tremendous task only the priests 
could do certain of the tasks. Laymen couldn't do some of the things and it, would t- it took the priesthood. The priesthood, we saw this back when we studied Leviticus, the, the priesthood was responsible as well in, in teaching a lesson applicable to the lives of the worshiper, which would basically and essentially finally point to the great lamb of God. So this thing is a, is a big deal has to station the divisions of the priests and Levites in their divisions. Now go back to the time of David. There were 24 orders of the priesthood. There were so many priests that they had to be divided into into different orders. You, You couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have thousands and thousands of Levites showing up at the same time. So they, they divided it out into 24 orders of the priesthood. Then, as time goes on, uh, the tribe of Levites just continues to grow. So then, it's, it's not just a time of the week or a time of the month. It could be a time of the year or every other year. Uh, uh, whatever you may, uh, in the story of the birth of John the Baptist, the, the priest, it was his time to serve in the priesthood at the temple. So here, there would be a tremendous amount, a a number, a tremendous number of priests, each man according to his service. So they are back to the order and the division of the orders. There were 24 courses or orders of the priesthood that David himself had implemented. So, they, they get themselves lined up into how they're supposed to do it. We're going to see in this passage too that the genealogy of the priesthood was carefully kept. So everybody knew who, who his daddy was. That's always a good thing. Uh, and knew the genealogy of, uh, of their family within the tribe of Levi. So it was, it was not that difficult of a task to find out who belonged where but then to make sure that they all were there. Now, okay, also keep in mind that the law made provisions for the priests. Certain sacrifices, portions of certain sacrifices were kept for the, the priesthood. They had uh, bread and so forth. So, you know, it's, it's, so how are you going to feed I guess literally thousands of priests. Well, this is, this is taken care of. We're going to see this. Here, here's the deal. My daddy used to say this. Of course, my daddy was a preacher. He, when he died, he'd been preaching. He died at 86. He started preaching when he was 15. What's that, 71 years, I guess. And he used to say, when, when God makes a bill, he pays it. <laughs> so... So if God says that something's going to happen, you don't have to sweat the details. You just have to listen to God and follow his direction. So how are all these priests going to be cared for according to the law, the Torah, uh, those portions of sacrifice? If you think about how many sacrifices were being made on a regular basis and all the other stuff going on, provisions that were made for the priests, we'll see how that works out. 
each man according to his service for the priests and for the Levites, for burnt offerings, peace offerings. Here's their worship. Here is what they are brought back to that they had forsaken. It's a fairly simple thing. To minister, now what that means is they were, they were aware of their need to have a sacrifice given for their sin. Now that's not the burnt offering. It's a, you know, there's a sin offering and a guilt offering and so forth. The burnt offering comes after the sin offering. One sin offering, guilt offering. One is, I think I may have broken the law. I don't know exactly what I did, but I want to make, a, I want to make an offering. I'm guilty. I don't feel right. The other one is, you come and say, I did something wrong. And I need, to, I need to make an offering. I need to make an offering of sacrifice. So this goes on. If you see that all of these burnt offerings are coming in, Understanding the law, you have to know that the worshiper, it presupposes that the worshiper had taken care of sin offering and guilt offering before he takes care of burnt offering. So there you have, you have more sacrifices to be slaughtered and a growing need for uh, the priesthood. Burnt offerings, peace offerings. Now look at this, to minister, to thank, and to praise. This is the worship that was styled by Yahweh. It here in this passage is simplified into three things. First of all, to minister. That is to say, to address the need for offering, whether it's sin offering, trespass, whatever. To address the need for offering, to be obedient to the things such as um, tithing uh, and other th- to, to make sure that if something goes wrong, they come and present themselves to the priesthood, for example, if they think leprosy is in their house or something. So first of all, they're back to where they should be, namely honoring the word of God that they had, the Torah. And honoring that, the word of God is always going to expose sin because we are not perfect. We are sinners. And uh, Israel was no different in the sense that the Torah exposed them as sinners. But it's interesting in the Torah, the few, the few words that it took to give the Ten Commandments then followed by chapter after chapter after chapter of how the people were to deal with their sin. Here's a short thing, Ten Commandments. You ain't going to be perfect. You ain't going to keep it. So therefore, here's this and this and this. You do this, you got to do this, 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 all the way through in their law. A recognition, really, from Yahweh that says that, you know, divine law, the Torah, the, the Ten Commandments, this is God's perfect standard for human existence, but no human can do it, not since the sin, not since the fall. But God is a gracious God, so he makes provision. And all of those provisions, we read this in the book of Hebrews, just a type of Christ who finally does it all. One one Christ on the cross did away. He absorbed all that. He did it all within himself. All right, so back, back here to the time of Hezekiah, number one, to minister. 
So the people are humbled before the Lord and they recognize their sinful condition. They recognize their need to constantly remain committed to Yahweh as his, as his own, his covenant people. Uh, and to offer the sacrifices, to minister, number one. To give thanks, number two. So in coming to minister, there is, there is a giving of thanks. There is thanksgiving. This is part of who God's people are. We, we should always be thankful for what Yahweh has provided for us. In the case of today, we're, we're thankful first and foremost for Christ. that God gave his only begotten son. That I don't have to carry around and I don't have to go to a temple and carry around all these scrolls. And I know that Christ has taken care of it for me. And what he did, Isaiah 53, what he did has satisfied Almighty God. God will look at the travail of his soul and be satisfied. So Christ is my Sabbath again uh, in the book of Hebrews. We rest in Christ. There's, we can't add anything to what Christ has done. We rest in Christ Christ took care of it all. That's, that's why he would cry from the cross. It is accomplished. It's finished. It's completed. There's nothing else you can add to what Christ has done. How dare anybody to think that he, as a human being, has to do one other thing to complete the perfection of his salvation. So then, so then Christ succeeds in most, but not all of what he came to. That's an awful thought. Now, to thank and to praise. Now, the, the Israelites really knew how to praise God. I enjoy watching a particular YouTube channel. What is that guy's name? A little skinny, bald-headed guy. Pardon me? The singer? Yeah. Joshua Aaron. Joshua Aaron. He and his troop of musicians, and they play ancient type musical instruments. And mostly it's just the Psalms that they're singing. And they're so happy. It's all, it, well, not always, but the ones that, that I've seen were in Jerusalem. The Tower of David, is that what it's called? The Tower of David? Uh, if you ever saw the Gaither thing in Jerusalem, it's the same place. And that same bunch of little girls are up there dancing around in a circle. But everybody out there in the congregation, they are so happy. They are, they don't square dance, they round dance. Like, boy, they're just swirling and carrying on and enjoying themselves in their worship. We go back to the time when we study the time of David David wrote those psalms. He gave musical direction and instruction on how they were to be played and presented and what kind of mood, whether it was a minor key or so forth or, or a high light uh, sound uh, that would have crescendo. You know, that was sila, sila. You see that in the psalms. It's a musical term. It means pause and implied in it is 
Now the next phrase is crescendo. It's, it's louder and heavier and brighter and, and, and more forceful than what you just got through. So you bring that part of the psalm, the music, to the place where it says Silla. And everything's quiet. And the people have to absorb that for just a second or two, what they've just been singing. And then it starts with the next one that's louder and brighter and so forth. Well, now, these people, and, and then, of course, there, were, there was the division of, of those Levites who were the choir, the, 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 the worship leaders, the singers. They are called upon here. So here are the three things, to minister, to give thanks, to praise. To praise in the gates of the camps of Yahweh. So now, you know, man, when people come back to the Lord after a, and they're coming back humbly and they're coming back in confession, recognition of their sin, and they're doing everything they can do to get back to where it needs to be. And sometimes we saw last time too, that there was a a little issue within the law that they, they had to do certain things. But finally it says, Hezekiah says, the Lord's good. And the Lord has said to me that it's okay, we can do it this way. We can, we can sort of, for, for right now, because of the situation, he is just inhabiting the praise of his people and enjoying it so much. We're just going to know that that part of the law was taken care of in our hearts. And we're just going to have a big time. So here, they minister, they thank, they praise in the gates of the camps of Yahweh. Now I mentioned how the, the, the vocation of the Levites and then of course sons of Aaron, the, pre, the high priest, their vocation is to minister through sacrifices and rituals all the time. And then to make sure that the holy place is, is, is arranged and taken care of and the fire keeps going, all that stuff. Now, they had to be responsible for this. The really heavy lifting would be all of those sacrifices that were brought all the time. Daily, hourly, hundreds and hundreds of worshipers bringing their sacrifice, burnt offering, day, day and night, uh, every day, every week, every, uh, every month, and then, of course, in the, in the festival times. That was pretty hard work. That wasn't something that was pleasant to take an animal, an innocent animal, and to kill it and to spill its blood on the brazen altar and to teach the lesson that goes with it. And then if something has to be separated to be used in another way, that has to be done. The priests were responsible for all of this kind of stuff all the time, all the time, all the time. They were bloody. You know they had blood all over them all of the time. And you know the altar, the the altar, the, the, the altar of brass, the brazen altar was just covered in blood. And you know that there were troughs made so that the blood could flow out of there. The, the, the priesthood was responsible for all this. This was the heart of worship written into the law of Moses. Okay. The Levites don't have a place in the land. They don't have a spot. They have a little city here and there, and they have, they have a city within each of the other lands, but they don't have their own land. 
Because their job is to take care of worship. Well, they have to live. They have to go home to mama and the kids. <laughs> and uh, something has to happen for them. Provisions were made. So here are the contributions for worship. Let's go down to verse 3. And the king's portion from his possessions for the burnt offerings, for the burnt offerings of the morning, evening, burnt offerings for the Sabbaths, new moons, for the appointed seasons, as it is written in the law of Yahweh. He commanded the inhabitants of Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites in order that they may be strengthened in the law of Yahweh. Their existence was to exist in and minister from the law, the Torah. They had to be, okay, so how, how are they going to be sustained? How are they going to be strengthened? By the gifts from the people. He commanded the inhabitants of Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and Levites. I'm expecting any day now that Joe Biden will stand and demand all of Congress, all of the Supreme Court, and all the bureaucracy to tithe. You don't think that, do you? Oh, well. We're not, that's not Jerusalem and we're not Israel. It's an interesting thought, however. But it lets you know, in a sense, what was happening. This was the king. And he's telling people, get your heart right. Get everything right. Private joke. In order that they may be strengthened. So, so they, they're sustained because the people's hearts are right. And it is such a beautiful thing that Yahweh had it written into the law that is part of their worship Provisions would be made to those who ministered in the law of Yahweh. And so they were cared for. All right. So now with all of the Levites back at work and with, with the temple reopened and all cleaned up and sanctified and the temple uh, and the priesthood sanctified, everything's going along. But there, this is a very important part of the law. They have to be supported. And so the king jumps right in there. And acknowledges it. When the word, I like the way it's, when the word burst forth, the sons of Israel increased. The first of corn, wine, oil, honey, all the increase of the field, the tithes of everything they brought in abundance. When God makes a bill, he's going to pay it. People are going to start giving, they're going to start giving heavy God gives them more stuff in the field. It's taken care of. The sons of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah, they too brought tithes of large cattle, small cattle, tithes of sacred things consecrated to Yahweh, uh, their God. And they gave many, that's an interesting word, I think it may be heaps in your Bible, heaps or piles or stacks. It's the stuff that they were bringing in and it had to be stacked up. In the third month, they commenced to lay the foundations of the stacks or heaps. In the seventh month, they finished. 
Boy, that's something in it. They had, they had a lot to contribute for and a lot to do. They started in the third month. They got through with the seventh month. Wow. It's really a time, it's really a time of, of revival. Hezekiah and his officers came. They saw the stacks. And they blessed Yahweh and his people Israel. They knew that the people weren't responsible for all of this increase in their fields. Yahweh was responsible. So they blessed Yahweh and then the people because Yahweh had worked through the people. Hezekiah questioned the priests and Levites concerning the stacks. Azariah, the chief priest, the house of Zadok, said to him, he said, from the beginning of bringing the heave offering to the house of Yahweh, we ate to our satisfaction and left over in abundance for Yahweh had blessed his people. And what is left over is this abundance. We had all this. You remember the loaves and fishes and they had all that stuff that was left. Wow. This is how Yahweh works with his people. So we're going now. Hezekiah organizes the priests for the financial stewardship of what's coming in. Hezekiah ordered to prepare the chambers in the house of Yahweh and they prepared them. Well, that's good. That's good. We, you know, it's like we're about to take up an offering, empty that Sunday school room over there so we can handle all the money. They prepared them. They brought the heave offerings, the tithe, sacred things faithfully and over them was a the ruler. So it was coming in and therefore there had to be administration. There had to be an organization, had to be administered. Over them was the ruler, Kananiah, the Levite, and Shimei, his brother, second in command, Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahat, Asachel, and Jerimot, Jozabad, and Eliel, and Ish, uh, Ishmachiah, Mahat, and Benaiah appointees under the jurisdiction of Kononiah and Shimei his brother by the command of King Hezekiah and Azariah, the ruler of the house of God. Korah, the son of Emna, the Levite, the gate center, the east gate was over the donations of Elohim to give the heave offering of Yahweh and the most holy of sacred things. Next to him were Eden and Benjamin and Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amaria, Shekaniah, the cities of the priests uh, in offices of trust to give their brethren in the divisions to the great as to the small. So everyone was taken care of and they, they knew who was doing what and from what, from what office they had uh, descended. Besides those who trace their genealogy of the males from three years old and upwards, for everyone who comes to the house of Yahweh, for his daily necessities, for the service in their watches, according to their divisions, the priests who traced their genealogy to the house of their fathers and the Levites from 20 years old and upwards in their watches and in their divisions. And for all of those whose genealogy was traced concerning all their infants, their wives, their sons, daughters of every congregation, for with their faith they consecrated the holy things. And for the sons of Aaron, the priests, in the fields of the open land of their cities. In every city were men 
who were mentioned by names to give portions to every male among the priests and to all who tra tra uh, traced their lineage among the Levites. What a, what a task that was. All of this stuff coming in from all over Israel. And these guys that were mentioned, they were responsible to making sure that it was, you know, when, when I was in the clothing business with my daddy, those trucks would come in and you'd be there. It was in the old days. We didn't have computers back then. You'd check in those boxes of stuff. You'd cut those boxes open, put out, pull out the smaller boxes or, or individually wrap things. And you had to check it in. You had to pack and sleeve. You had to check it in because somebody's got to pay for this stuff. And you don't want to pay for something you didn't get. And I'm thinking of what a, what a job that was when the, when the, uh, when the season of the year changed, it was clothing business and, and there was so much stuff coming in you had to check it in and make sure everything was right. And then you had to price it and then you had to put it in the right place. And it had to match what the company said they sent out. What a responsibility. These guys earlier, we saw their names. They have a vast responsibility. So they're to see to it that all of the men who are Levites, that they are who they say they are. And we know that their children are their children according to the genealogy. And we know that this guy, he's here and we know that he's working in that part. So we know he's legit. I mean, that was a big job. Then to take in everything that comes in and to make sure that they all get their part. Closing out here, the sincerity of Hezekiah. Hezekiah did accordingly in all the cities of Judah. He did what was good and proper and true before Yahweh his God. And in every deed that he commenced in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandment to seek Eloha, to seek God, he did with all of his heart and he prospered. Prosperity comes with obedience here, you see. A... A peace of mind, a settled heart. This is, this, is what, this is what is happening to the people who had been so evil for so long. We're going to stop there and we'll have our deacon prayer time.